Today's podcast isn't sponsored by anyone, because apparently I have a bad attitude. Me, a bad attitude. I'll tell you who has a bad attitude, all of you. But that won't be a problem after I complete my plan for worldwide domination. Now, where did I put my to-do list? Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk, first episode of 2019. Woohoo! I, as always, am Morris, aka Russ, or Russ, aka Morris. I have a bowler, so I apologise for my voice throughout this episode. Um, I'm going to be coughing constantly, so I'm assuming that Daryl, our sound editor, might be able to edit around that. If he can't, I'm really sorry. Um... And with me, as always, is my sizzling yet sensational co-host, Pete Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Hello, everybody. We've missed you. Um. So, shall we get on with the show? Yes, let's. Okay, then. Well, what has caught your eye? Well, the, the robot dance party game, 25% of the time, they work every time. What on earth are you talking about? It's a one-page RPG, which has a bunch of robots, and it uses a D4 as a randomization mechanic. Oh, is that from Grant Howitt? Uh, I don't or think it is, else? actually. It's a Yuri's Dice. Yuri's Dice. Oh, okay. Uh, pretty sure it's not Grant. It's like a similar sort of concept, though. Check out Yuri's Dice on that. I, I don't actually know the name of the person, but I saw it. I thought it was it looked really cool. I don't know, it's some guy grabbing a big old D20. It didn't look like them. It's not on their website. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you have robots that will offer you canapes, drinks, entertainment, security, and will occasionally um, have a complete malfunction. Um, 25% of the time they work every time. There's no malfunction. Electric Sheep on Roller 3. I'll be back on Roller 2. And Daisy Daisy perform a short song to the nearest human. Yeah, I could make out a word of that, but it sounded good. Well, I thought it sounded <laughs> absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, it's a New Year's Bash hosted by robots. What could go wrong? Hmm. What caught your eye, Russ? Uh, yeah, what caught my eye was a flowchart you can use to choose your D&D class. I'm listening. Um, so it was wow, originally posted... that's a big flowchart. It's originally posted on Reddit, and I put it on my site as well. Nice. So this big, big, big flowchart, which is this um, quick and easy to follow guide for choosing your class in 5e. So you start at the centre, and you just answer questions, and it takes you throughout this entire flowchart, and you end up... At some class or other. I, I, I'm more on the level of flowchart where it's like, do you like to kill them with your bare hands? Like a monk, would you like to kill them with your bare hands? As in a druid. Yes. That's my, that's my sort of them. Oh, wow, that, that looks by Zanji. It is a very, very big and complicated flowchart, yeah. Uh, and it's quite it, funny in some places too. It's got little jokes in there. It's big, it's unnecessarily complicated. Of course you love it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's your inner gamer coming to the fore. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So you start here. When I fight, yeah. I like to, and you've got a choice between use magic to weaken them yes. in ways previously unimaginable, Ooh. or you can choose either stop the fight or end it quickly by helping my friends, mm. or you can hit them where it hurts, physically, and <laughs> it just goes on from there. I see, I see, yes. It's, it's certainly something. Yeah. Yes. Right, shall we do some news? Yes, let's. Because we've got three weeks of news to get through. Let's start with some D&D stuff. Yes, that's... Uh, Wizards of the Coast's monthly um, Unearthed Arcana um, 
article. Yes. Back in December, going back as far as last year. What? Uh, was called Sidekicks. If you've ever wanted an animal, a town guard, or another creature to join you on your adventures, this once unearthed a canine is for you. It gives you a straightforward way to turn a creature into your sidekick and have that companion level up. That sounds amazing. It does. Yeah. Uh, So you could have your own pet wizard or pet sorcerer following you around, looking after you with big round eyes, saying, Oh, I don't know. I'll try and help you out now. Just cast Fireball, Billy. That will solve the problem. That is exactly what it does, yeah. Hmm. That sounds amazing. It, is, it does look pretty cool. So um, it's rules in playtest at the moment. Yes, yeah, yeah. And depending on the feedback, then this may come out as official, on the official release. Well, a lot, yeah, a lot of this playtest stuff does end up coming out about a year later, doesn't it, in some kind of official product. Yeah, it's just... Um, um, so uh, a while back, Wizard of the Coast had a monster art contest. Ooh. Uh, it was in October, actually. Uh, it's to create art of a brand new monster with a $5,000 prize. What? Um, a visit to Wizard of the Coast and Ooh. their monster becoming a miniature. Wow, that's amazing. And so they announced the winner, which was uh, Will Calcanus's monster, oh, which I will show you the uh, the piece of art there. Oh, okay. And we'll put a link in the show notes to this, but this looks like a large chained... It's like sort of a faceless troll. It's got like a... That very large predatory mouth going on, but it's currently closed. But no eyes, no ears, just like sort of a ridge of bone at the front. Mm. Um, it's all in a sort of a slaty grey blue. Yeah. And um, it's got, what, four four fingers, talons on one hand in a sort of articulated fashion. A bit a bit skeleton. So, um, what's that? It's got like chains around its neck. Yeah, looks like it. But, but yeah, basically bipedal and possibly has a... Was that a big warhammer next to it, do we think? I'm not sure. I can't quite yeah. make it out. But, yeah, so, so, some sort of undead troll monster, hmm. uh, it looks like. Uh, but a blind one, so extra exciting. So there are also ten runners-up. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's a slideshow you can watch to see them all. Ooh. And they're all very sort of wacky and weird and dark and ominous-looking monsters. All quite interesting. Fantastic. Um, that's not all the, the uh, D&D news we have, though. No. Did you hear more. about... The ships. The, the ships do sound like they will be very exciting. Mm. Nautical-themed campaigns? Yeah. So on one of their Twitch streams last week, um, <laughs> Wizards of the Coast, basically uh, Nathan Stewart and uh, Kate Welsh, mm-hmm. announced that the spring 2019 big hardcover release mm-hmm. is going to be a nautical-themed book. Exciting. Um, as of yet, the title and the cover have not yet been decided. But they did float some kind of um, amusing fake (laughs) mock-ups. Let me go through those quickly, because they are quite funny. When Kraken's attack. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the uh, fake mock-ups that they showed were... Here we go. Long Walk, Short Plank. Wait, you're saying that's not a real D&D product coming out? I'm actually saddened now. I'd I'd seen this on the InWorld website, and yeah... under the sea, it's not happening. Uh, under the sea, where it's got this picture of this cute sort of kid's octopus toy, just so big googly eyes there. Look at um, this little fish. There's thanks for the fish. Maybe Douglas Adamsy that one. Indeed, yes. And the, the best one. Yes. Boats and sh**. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that one. <laughs> that should clue me in. <laughs> so the big picture of a kraken underneath a, a small sailing ship. It's... I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not giving good odds on the same chip. <laughs> uh, there are a few other kind of minor bits of information that came out of that stream. Um, mm. There's going to be three to four big releases this year. 
plans mm. being for spring, summer, and fall. Okay. Um, no spell jammer for certain, despite all the trolling hints oh. and stuff they've been giving throughout the last year. And in 2020, that's next year, there will be a couple of products that touch on cultures that don't usually get exposure in their products. Ooh. So we don't know what that might be, but it could be anything. It could be. I mean, I assume, are they talking real world cultures? Are they <coughs> talking fantasy cultures? Uh, what, you know, I don't know what they're talking about there. I hope they're talking fantasy cultures. Well, no, but um, I mean, it could be like, they're talking like an African themed setting, maybe. Right. Or a, uh, well, we've, we've had short come out quite recently, and that was Tomb of Annihilation, and that is very heavily uh, African themed. Mm. Certainly all the names are African or pseudo-African. Okay, like maybe this. not African then, but something yeah. else perhaps. Yeah, um, South American. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, we've got China, India, an Indian themed D&D. That would be that would be that that would be, be I'm interested. Yeah. yeah, like Southeast Asia's largely touched. We see a lot of product which is essentially fantasy medieval Europe. Uh, moving further into Russia would be an option, like sort of the Baba Yaga style of things. Yeah. Okay, we don't need to list every country in the world. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be that way. I'm I'm quite interested in the Antarctica themed one, the penguin armies. <laughs> They indeed has a charge for each other. What else was there? Um, uh, so that ship book will be a spring release. Um, yes. The big full products will be announced during their sort of now annual big streaming event, which will be from May 17th to 19th this year. Mm, nice. They usually do this over in, I think it's in LA they do it now. Mm-hmm. And they usually try to get some comedians and celebrities and mm. actors and mm-hmm. you know high profile people and do this whole weekend of streaming. Fantastic. Um, Nathan Stewart got asked about the Eberron PDF experiment. Oh, yes. And his response was, it was great, but we can't talk about it further. Which makes it sound like there's something in the works. Uh, I mean, did he have like a little man on piano to come around to go, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And for those listeners who are unfamiliar, that's the Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron, which is the sufficiently playtest material, but gives you a complete guide to the Eberron setting. Um, and uh, apparently, they said uh, we have they have a team of twenty five people. What? That's a lot of people. Compared to Paizo, it's less. Okay. Paizo have about fifty working on a setting at a time. Well, Paizo produce an awful lot more product. Paizo do produce an awful lot more. Product. So that could be it. And also, Paizo are producing more than one game now, aren't they? I mean, they're doing Pathfinder, Starfinder, and Pathfinder too. As well, so yeah. And Pathfinder 2, yeah. So, yeah. yeah so these three lines that all need a supporting team. Yeah. So, yeah, setting team. Mm. Yeah, so there's 25 people working on D&D. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, exciting stuff. Shall we move on to the next article? Shall we? Shall we, shall we? Let's do that. Maybe we shall. All right, <laughs> then. Let's do that. Anything else exciting? Savage Worlds Adventure Edition arrived, finally. Ah! Sorry. At least the PDF version of it. That, that wasn't, in fact, Russ dying and doing his death wrestle. That was the sound of me uh, being excited, but apparently I now sound like I'm dying when I do that. But it's not dissimilar to the sound of me dying and doing a death rattle. <laughs> Can you spot the difference? Answer the postcard too. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Anyway, uh, Savage Worlds Adventure Edition arrived uh, at yes. the end of last year, which was slightly mm-hmm. annoying because it was the number one most anticipated game of 2019. Yes. So I'm not sure whether that disqualifies it or not. It, it does. If it arrives in 2018. <laughs> but surprise then, victory. Rather cheekily, yes. John Carter of Mars did exactly the same thing. No. 
Also, one of the most anticipated games of 2019 snuck in at the end of December and uh, is available in PDF format over on DriveThruRPG. Ah, oh, it's it's all chaos. I Can know. Cats dancing together. These <laughs> these people have no temporal respect. What we're saying is role players have no chill. <laughs> Sad times, man. But yeah, no, it's uh, very exciting. I look forward very much to getting my copy of Savage Worlds Adventurer Edition. I'm sure you can jump on the Kickstarter and get it right now. I would imagine. Ba, ba, ba. The Kickstarter is finished. Yeah, but on the updates, so they've posted it oh, yeah, yeah. for you. I, uh, I could get a PDF copy. That's not the same. I want to get my hands on a copy. Yeah, yeah. Hands. I want that physical copy. I don't like looking at PDFs. Yeah. Um, let's I, have, I, let's I have seen stuff. Let's have a look and see what they say about timing for that. Yeah, I think I think what I have seen is that they've sent out like draft copies for proof editing. No, um, the PDF version is available for retail sale now. Wow. Um, okay. On Drive Through RPG. Then I should get on that. Huh. I completely missed that. I saw that they had a couple of proofs out, but yeah. Yeah. John Carter of Mars, um, that's also come out. That will be super exciting. I actually quite liked the film. I did not. Oh, fair enough. I wasn't a fan, really, of the setting of the character before anyway. I don't really know much about it. So oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not uh, super familiar with... Um, I'd read a bit, the, but... The Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff. Well, it, it's just a bit big and a bit silly. Yeah. From the uh, same stable that gave us uh, Tarzan. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, the Brilliant. Starfinder beginner box is now available for pre-order. Mm. So the Pathfinder beginner box was gorgeous, and yeah. um, the Starfinder one is um, going to be the uh, the equivalent. Available from April, but you can pre-order it from today. Mm. Thirty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get two books, yeah. you get dice, you get eighty pawns, pre-generated character sheets, cards, and a reusable flip mat. Ooh. Um, you can see the, the sort of cover there. That's virtually a board game. Well, yeah, I mean, these beginner boxes pretty much are, aren't they, in the sense mm. of, in how they're presented. Yeah. They're gorgeous. But, yeah, lots of little miniatures and everything. Yeah. A 96-page Hero's Handbook, a 96-page Game Master's Guide, seven polyhedral dice, 84-colour pawns, 24 plastic pawn bases, six mm. pre-generated character sheets, six blank character sheets, six player-aid cards for quick rules reference, and a reusable double-sided flip mat. Nice. Well, yeah, and all for $40. Yeah. So, uh, hitting the stores in April. Exciting times. Starfinder. Yeah. I, I'm almost tempted to uh, get I involved myself. I haven't played Starfinder yet. At oh, all. Okay. I do, I do kind of want to. It's uh, finding time to do all these things, isn't it? Uh, so many games, so little time. Well, that is the problem. That is the problem. There are so many games and there is so little time. I wish someone would do something about that. Well, we could make less games or we could make more time. Make more time, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the making less games is the correct answer. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Warhammer um, Fantasy Roleplay 4, the starter set PDF is now available Ooh. from Cubicle 7. The perfect introduction to Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. You get a 48-page adventure book mm-hmm. and 10 scenarios and a 64-page guide to Ubersreich. Exciting. Hmm. Yeah. So you can get that over at Cubicle Seven site, or I believe on Drive Through RPG. Uh, in the grim dark of the Warhammer world, there's only grim dark or grim dark. Yeah, as you grimly strive through the darkness. <laughs> hey, do you want to talk about some uh, some White Wolf? Uh, oh, would I ever? <laughs> God, that's always such good news. What's the gift that keeps on giving Porsches for Christmas, Russ? Tell me. So um, you know. Um, <coughs> Hole. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that White Wolf last year had a terrible year. 
Yes, uh, an Annas herbalist. Yeah. Uh, quote Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. And as a result, they issued apologies, recalled books, they changed their management, they got absorbed into Paradox, their parent company, they advertised for a brand new brand manager, yes. and now yes. it looks like they're closing down worldofdarkness.com. Oh, that will be sad times for many uh, loyal fans uh, who remain entirely blameless in this matter. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, World of Darkness, that was a big resource site where they had. Yeah. Lots of information. So this message went out to subscribers of their online book reader service. Uh-huh. And um, a chap called Distant Shore sent this, um, I don't know if this is his actual name, but this is username, sent, sent the scoop in to me. Hey, okay. um, you've got Egg Embry writing for you. I'm no longer surprised. <laughs> um, love you, Egg. You're great. Yeah, so it sort of said, it began, you know, thank you for being a subscriber to the White Wolf online uh-huh. book reader service, etc. Um, they mentioned that the subscription service will be terminated on Thursday the 20th of December. Obviously, this uh, is going back to yeah. last year. Uh, along with the worldofdarkness.com website. After 20th of December, you will no longer be able to access the service and you will receive a full refund for any fees you have paid. Wow. Then they say, why is this happening? I think we all know why this is happening. But um, they say, on the 16th of November, White Wolf announced that it's starting a period of restructuring. Mm-hmm. Um, then it goes on and describes how they're being integrated into Paradox, temporary mm. management, and all that sort of stuff. Going mm. forward, White Wolf will focus on brand management. Wow. Interesting. Indeed. That's not the only news. No, there's more. So, a little later, no. information came out that Modifius mm. are taking over Vampire the Masquerade. What? Okay, that's sound my... My brain shifting gears about <laughs> proper use of the clutch. So this this is pretty much the same day or the day after. Yes, it's back on the 20th of December. Yes. Uh, Modivus Entertainment, who, as you know, did Conan, Star Trek, John Carter and stuff. Absolutely, yeah. They've uh, inked a deal with Paradox to manage the Vampire the Masquerade brand. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> and why the hell not? Let's do it. Chris Birch. Yes. He's, uh, he's a lovely chap. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a nice guy. Uh, he says, uh, we are thrilled to become the official stewards of this incredible role-playing game. <laughs> we are committed to providing fans with a truly exceptional range of new products to help them enjoy this rich, exciting world. And they've announced two products. Wow, blimey. When I say two products, what I mean is four products. Absolutely. Every squared. Time, every time I mention a number, double it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so they announced uh, the Fall of London V5 Chronicle for summer 2019. Okay. They Wait, announced- is, that, is that summer uh, 4038? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Just check. Um, <laughs> the Fall of London for Fall of London Chronicle. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm interrupting you. It's, it's a terrible habit. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, that sounds interesting. The V5 Player's Guide, summer 2019. Ooh. The V5 Starter Set. Christmas 2019. Okay. Which is going to be rules to play a self-contained campaign, pre-made characters, handouts, maps, tokens, and dice. (laughs) (coughs) I just made it to the end of that sentence. Rest is either dying or going through puberty backwards. We're not quite sure. (laughs) Or both. (laughs) Who knows? Why not? And finally, for summer 2020, the Second Inquisition. Ooh. Discover the plans, strategies, resources, and technologies of the highly secret organizations charged with investigating and eliminating the vampire threat, including First Light and the Society of Saint Leopold. 
Why do they have to give really, really long sentences to people who have a cough? <laughs> it's really hard to get through that entire sentence. Indeed. But you managed to pronounce many of the words correctly, so good for you. Thank you. you. Well, it's not words, it's names. You have trouble, you have trouble with basic words. Ah. You've got this weird pronunciation from up north or something. <laughs> Pronunciations. Thank you. Uh, and I can't do names. Indeed. Hmm. Uh, so White Wolf had a corresponding announcement. Okay. Just you know, kind of confirming it. I am delighted to inform you that we have reached an agreement with Modifius Entertainment to manage, publish, and guide the Vampire RPG product line in going forward. Mm-hmm. As of today, Modifius will take over the creation of new products within the Vampire, the Masquerade, 5th edition line, while White Wolf will move into a brand management role to ensure these books and games fit elegantly into the world of darkness. Okay, then. So there we go. Big, big changes at White Wolf. Absolutely. So um, are they retaining 5th edition of Vampire? Yeah, it yeah. Is? yeah it's, still, it's still V5. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and like the various things that caused international incidents, are those still remaining places? <laughs> oh, I'm just asking. It seems relevant for us. Um, well, they did recall those books. Oh, they recalled them. Okay. Yeah, and they're editing them. And I assume they're going to go out again in an edited form. I see. Yeah, I assume is what's going to happen. Okay, well, um, Modifius have a good track record. And I'm, I for one, am delighted the Vampire Masquerade game won't just die due to terrible, terrible decisions. Mm. But we'll actually have a chance for people to keep on playing and enjoying it. Yeah. It's been, well, over 20 years of like really quality stuff. Yeah, since the yeah. 90s. So yeah. yeah. Oof, wow. Okay. Let's take a moment to feel super old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what else is there in the news? Uh, so uh, Games Workshop, earlier this year, they said they were looking to find some more media licenses. Okay. They have announced a Warhammer 40,000 animated series called Angels of Death. Russ, are you telling me there will be cartoon space marines? That is, I think, what I'm telling you, yes. I'm listening. Tell me more. Um, so they've, uh, they're using Warhammer fan filmmaker Richard Boylan to lead Ooh. the project. Nice. And the series is going to follow a band of uh-huh. Blood Angel space marines who become infected with the dreaded Black Rage. Oh, okay. There's a teaser trailer. Yes. Uh, other than that, not much else has been known, but we'll put a link to the teaser trailer in the show notes. This uh, Richard Boylan chap, he's uh-huh. uh, best known um, for his fan films, including a, a 12-part animated adaption of the Black Library novel, Hell's Reach, and a live-action okay. short film, Guardsman. Oh. Um, so this is scheduled for 2019 release. They haven't announced how we'll be able to see it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How or where it will be released. Okay, but that sounds interesting. A group of blood angels going into a vampiric frenzy. Does sound like it might be amusing. Does sound quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I released uh, Presents for Goblins just before Christmas. Presents for Goblins. So Marvellous. One of my one-page adventures. Oh, you mentioned that uh, previously. Yeah. That sounds really amazing. So, um, yeah, so I've got 143 patrons now. What? Pretty cool. If you that is amazing. Over to the uh, Patreon at patreon.com forward slash 1PA, I believe is uh, what I went with in the end. Um, you can already download three one-page adventures, and if you're a patron, you can also get Presents for Goblins. Is that the number one PA? Yes. Or, okay, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, it's a fun little adventure where uh, it's the winter solstice, 
and some goblins steal the town's gifts and then retreat <laughs> to a dungeon. And the adventurers have to sneak into the dungeon and yeah. recover the gifts. And it involves some nilbogs. Oh, which are, you know, backwards goblins. Yeah. Um, nice. It involves um, an airship made of pig hide, which they try to escape on. What could possibly go it wrong? It involves a, a goblin poison, which, because it's a festive adventure, just has funny effects rather than... The usual murderous effects. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun little adventure. I really enjoy it. I really, really... I ran it. Must have been like last last year. Yes. Um, the, lo- the longer version of it, not the one-page adventure of it. Russ, it was such fun. Russ, I just had a crazy idea. What's that? It's so crazy. What? I don't know. I'm I, I'm nearly embarrassed to tell you. No, oh, who are I trying to get? I don't get embarrassed anymore. No, what we should do is for our patrons, we should run a special um, RPG. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, run some games for them. We should do a one-page adventure. Well, one-page adventures would be super because they're specifically designed for one session. I think I think this is the best plan ever. I think it's a good idea. Let's make this happen. All right, we'll do whoop, that whoop. then. Let's we'll do, do it. The, what we'll do is we'll make the one-page yeah. adventures yes. things that we can run yes. for our patrons. I think that's entirely legit thing. today. Yeah. And of course, that would be patrons of the podcast, not patrons of the one by. See, we're confusing our, our Patreons now, you see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, if, if you're Don't so... cross the streams! <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that, that works. So everyone will be listening going, I don't know, what do I, what do I back? Okay, so what you should do ideally is back both, because then you get all the one-page adventures. That's at patreon.com slash 1PA, and you should totally back our podcast, which is at patreon.com slash Morris, M-O-R-R-U-S. Yeah. And that way, if you do both, then you'll be able to have these games run for you by uh, the amazingness that is Russ and or possibly me. Yeah. And see if we run games as well as we talk. <laughs> Do we talk well? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> or well, if we run games better than we talk? I thought that could happen. <laughs> anyway, yes. moving on. Swiftly on. There is, there is a lot of news. Yeah. It's almost like it's been three weeks. It is almost or like news. that. Woo. In fact, not just almost, exactly. Ah, bang on. Good times. Right then. Uh, D&D translations. See? That's fine for yes. Please, continue. I know. <laughs> oh, trivial. Uh, that's right for Very good. Uh, I'm helping. So these are being handled by Gale Force 9. And Ooh, they've yeah, announced so. four new localizations. Gale Force 9, they're the card stock people, aren't they? They, they, do, they, do, they do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, they do cards, they do miniatures, they do... Mm. Accessories, GM uh-huh. screens, all yeah. sorts of things. And also, in this case, they are doing translations. Fantastic. Of D&D. What languages um, are they hitting? They are going... Well, they're, they're kind of managing them, and then they're sort of outsourcing them to oh, local yeah. companies, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got the Polish localization, nice. handled by a company called Rebel. Ooh. There's the Portuguese, one for the Brazilian market, by uh, Galapagos Jogos. That's going to be big. It's the Russian one by Ooh. Hobby World. Okay. And a Korean one by uh, the TRPG Club. Wow. Dungeons and Dragons in Korean. Yeah. Nice. It is nice. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Cubicle 7 have announced um, some more um, expansions for their uh, Adventures in Middle-Earth 5th edition, D&D 5th edition Middle-Earth game. Oh, yes. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Well, a new thing. Uh, they've got the Breeland Region Guide. Mm-hmm. A book going into detail about Bree and the surrounding areas. Ah. 
there mm. next to Pilltop and just outside the shower, Shire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Contains three adventures as well. Uh, and it's content from the Bree source pack, uh, source book from the One Ring role playing game, mm-hmm. modified for 5e compatibility. Nice. Uh, hardcover coming out first quarter 2019, 34.99. Mm, very cool. Uh, what else was there? Steve Jackson Games released an adventure for the fantasy trip. Ah, yeah, that's a that's that really old system that mm. he's been wanting to re-release for absolutely ages, but he had some problems with the rights. Mm-hmm. Now he's got them. So what's he bought out for the fantasy trip? Yeah, well, obviously he kickstarted the fantasy trip late last year. Yes, and he's brought out the uh, the Chaos Triads, which is a twelve page PDF adventure. Oh wow! It's a story that sends the heroes on a mission of mercy into a dangerous labyrinth. That brings them to the edge of chaos itself. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. Well, that sounds like I'll be uh, fun. It does. Yeah. Hasbro has announced a licensing deal um, for a water park, a resort attraction featuring a themed hotel, restaurants, and other entertainment outlooks focused on several Hasbro brands. Oh, a water park. I thought you were saying a watermark. I'm like, why would I? Why would? Why is this news that Hasbro's got its branding on stuff? No, a water park. I'm sorry, I have a cold. It's <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow it. This oh. once. Oh, okay. So you can go and what? Well, I guess there'll be a lot of splashing around and blue mana flopping. Yeah. Around. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's a. Uh, that sounds like it might be a musty attraction when uh, eventually it pits. I presume somewhere in America. Presumably. Presumably, we shall see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike Mills posted on Twitter. No. No. Posted on Twitter. <laughs> Surely not. It was uh, about RPG art. Um, and he was offering mm-hmm. advice to small creators and publishers. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He says that uh, Mike Mills, of course, is um, one of the top dogs over at Wizard of the Coast. Yes. Uh, he uh, he says that if you're getting into self-publishing RPG material in 2019, mm-hmm. his advice is your art... Is the most important part of your product. I can't argue with him. Art is the entry point into your work. Yes. Uh, and then he gives various sort of um, advice of, on uh, advice, yeah. how to co-create with an artist and stuff like mm. that. Um, he also mentions his pet peeve in game art, mm-hmm. which is bad interaction. Mm. Um, he says, if a piece has two things that should interact, yes. make sure the action is framed correctly. Easy test. Let's say you have a warrior jumping off a cliff to plunge down onto a dragon. Right. Cover up the dragon. Looking only at the warrior, where does it look like they'll land? Ah, the answer's not on the dragon. Yes. Yeah, it's all gone horribly wrong. Yeah. No, that's fine. No, it's, it, it's entirely reasonable. I mean, there are so many RPGs out there, so many, that if you do not have good art... Yeah. It says, uh, you'll be surprised how many very expensive cover art pieces fail this basic test. Oh. You'll find warriors belly flopping two meters in front of their foe. No. Two enemies locked in mortal combat with opponents seemingly out of the image's frame. You know what? This sounds to me like there's a lot of natural ones being rolled in combat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I leap to take down the dragon. Look, look, and leap into his back. Okay, give me a fact roll. One. <laughs> and lucky you fall two meters into the dragon belly flopping as you trip over your own sandals hey do you remember Handiwork Games we mentioned last time we were um, I'm going to be honest them. and say no they were doing the Hellenistica and the Beowulf oh yeah, yeah. 
Okay, games. yeah, it's another uh, ancient Greek yeah. uh, sort of jazz, and uh, Beowulf, that was the duo. Um, yeah. yeah, so this was John Hodgson, who used to work for Cubicle 7. Cubicle yeah, 7 yeah. moved to Ireland, John Hodgson said didn't. no. <laughs> <laughs> and so he started up um, handiwork games. Uh-huh. He has teamed up also with Onyx Path. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, fantastic, yeah. Uh, so, uh, have you heard of the uh, Scarred Lands setting? I have not. It was the probably the first big um, third party um, D and D setting back mm. when third edition came out. Okay, yeah, yeah. Back in the two thousand sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it had um, a set of book, and it had a monster book, and I think you know it was, it was yeah, proper setting. Yeah, it was big stuff yeah. back then. It was mm. produced by I think it was Sword and Sorcery Studios. Mm. I don't think they're around anymore. If they are, they're doing something else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, the people who currently own the Scarred Land setting are Onyx Path. Ah. Uh, so, John Hodgson and his company, Handiwork Games, are going to be producing the Creature Collection. Ooh. And um, so the original Creature Collection, that was the first D&D 3rd uh-huh. Edition monster book. Okay. When I say the first D&D 3rd Edition monster book, I mean that. Before the it monster manual. beat the monster manual. Oh! <laughs> pipped. Bang, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, so the the creature collection came out obviously back in whatever it was 2000, 1999, 2000, whatever mm-hmm. it was, uh, and they are making a fifth edition version of that creature collection for the Scarred Lands campaign setting. Nice. So those of you who are a fan of Scarred Lands and enjoyed the creature collection back in the day, mm-hmm. coming back for fifth edition. Nice. Yeah. More monsters, always useful. Hmm. Um, there was an interesting um, post over on Reddit. Oh, yeah. So someone uh, asked, how do I beat the Matt Mercer effect? With a stick. <laughs> Big stick with nails stuck through. Um, so what well, <laughs> the question essentially was, was... Um, people watch Critical Role. I haven't seen this, but I'm going to guess. It's something like, people watch Critical Role. Uh, Matt Mercer does an amazing GM style. It's really compelling and thing. And all his players are like massively into it. They're all voice actors and they do it fantastically well. But when my players come to my game... I am not Matt Mercer. I don't have this sort of thing. And they complain at me that I'm not Matt Mercer. Is that is that basically the question? Pretty much. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with this idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As he says, too long didn't read. Critical Role has become the prototype for how my players think D&D works. How do I push my own way of doing things without letting them down? So, you know, it was quite a long post. I won't read it. But yeah. Matt Mercer... No, it was uh, good enough to come along and apply. And oh. he wrote a fairly long post again in response, which again, I won't read because it's long. Okay. But he starts off seeing stuff like this kind of breaks my heart. Yeah. And uh, basically he goes on to talk about how every table is different. Mm. Yeah. That's just their style of play. Yeah, yeah. He's good at some things. Other people are good at other things. Yeah. Also bear in mind they're performing, um, they're voice actors, they're, yeah. you know, well, all, well, all this sort of we, stuff. We've had Wax Steven, who does the warped podcast that you can all that if you're familiar with this channel you're also able to see and download mm. and he's been very open and honest which is that there is a certain amount of preparation i saw a lot of improvisation that is i think key to the art form mm. but for doing an actual play podcast essentially there is you're sort of playing to the audience yeah yeah you're performing yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah exactly and no, nothing wrong with that at all yeah, so as he says, need I remind your players that we are a table of professional actors and I've been with DMing for well over 20 years. Yeah. You know, um, expecting um, that immediate level of comfort and interest is unfair and absurd. Yes. Uh, also, as he points out, plus our style isn't for everyone. Hell, mm. just scan the comments below to see how many people don't like us. I've played with many different players, ran mm. games on many different styles and focuses, 
And there is so much fun variety to how a tabletop RPG can be played. Um, you know, you're limiting your chances to enjoy it by trying to play it just like him. Exactly. exactly, yeah. So I think it's, it's a great answer. It's, you know, it's... Uh, no, no, it's, it shows a lot of reflection that he's really thought about it and is aware of his own success. And, yeah. There's another dimension to this, I kind mm. of feel. Because mm. it's not just Matt, is it? It's also no. his amazing players. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I so when, when, when a player is sitting there and going to their DM, yeah. why, why, like, isn't, why isn't this game as good as Matt Mercer's? <laughs> the DM should go, I don't know, maybe you should play better. Oh, oh, you know, yeah. it's, it's you like, know, it's not just the DM. It's it's the ensemble. Yeah, like the DM is and also I, a I player, think, and I think that is very unfair for someone to you know point Brutally. squarely at the DM and say it's your fault. It's, well, no, it's your fault as well. We're yeah. here as a group, and it's not a fault. That's the wrong word. No, it, you know, but the, the style of game that we have yes. is because of all of us together. Yes, not because of me. It's it's a confluence of effects. Yeah. Um, it, it's the same way that. Uh, I mean, the way I've always explained role-playing games to the average person who's not actually played or seen it is it's much like a um, a TV series. The principal cast are the players yeah. and the GM provides yeah. everything else. But the principal cast also need to be putting in the effort to... Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the best GM in the world will have a rubbish game with a bad group. And a bad GM can have a great game with a good group. I don't know if people want to like label groups good or bad. I think no, you've no, got, no, but I mean, if a group, you've got incompatible play styles. That's what I mean. But I mean, a yeah. group that's a bad fit. Exactly. Yes. Or a group that's not into what's going on. Exactly. Like if, if you're if you're massively and you've got this story that you want to tell, and your players are like, you know what we like? We like numbers that get bigger. Yeah. And we like gold, and we like rollicking through a thing. For some some GMs, that's like going to be a terrible experience. Me personally. It's not like my preferred one, but I could get along with these people. And as long as they're having an amazing time, yeah. my work here is done. Yeah. I mean, I'm not nearly as role-play heavy as a typical streaming show is mm-hmm. in my personal taste of course, yeah. at a table. Yeah. But then again, I don't think it's really the same same environment at all. Oh, no. Um, you no. wouldn't expect that. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in many ways, D&D does struggle with some of the storytelling things because you've got this fantastically detailed game underneath which uh, occasionally stop six its head up <laughs> mm. anyway, anyway. Ah, I that was very interesting I thought, you know, it was a lovely reply from him as well yes um, Kickstarter Kickstarter not, oh, not yes. Kickstarters in general we'll get onto those later but oh Kick- Kickstarter the actual website Kickstarter, oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, is uh, holding uh, a RPG zine quest or zine quest as in magazine. Magazine. But it just sounds weird, just zine. Oh. Zine, zine. I don't know, whatever. An RPG... You can call it a zine if you want to. <laughs> it sounds better to me. Yeah. I understand the logic, magazine, but zine, I don't know. Anyway, an RPG zine quest. <laughs> <laughs> you should see his face. It's like I'm making him eat partially boiled sprouts. <laughs> it's... it's oh. <laughs> Uh, well, um, I said you can call it Zion if you want to. Come on, get on with it. <laughs> uh, so February 2019, so next month, is a, a tribute to RPG zines. <laughs> go on. <laughs> uh, so they're putting a spotlight on tabletop RPGs, offering additional exposure yeah. to um, those people who want to start a Kickstarter to create an RPG zine. Ooh, that sounds amazing. It does. Um, yeah. So they're going to help, you know, with the marketing, give you a bit of, a bit of a boost in... 
in exposure and advertising and stuff like that. What there are a few guidelines. What an incredibly generous offer. It's, it's definitely an interesting one, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they've got some guidelines. So, you're going to make an RPG zine with Kickstarter in February 2019. Okay. Uh, it says... Uh, your zine must contain an RPG yeah. or feature RPG-related content. What seems that? Maps, adventures, monsters, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The zines must be 5.5 times 8.5 inches, A5, or smaller. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, they must oh, feature yeah. one-colour printing. Ooh. Um, you can print on coloured paper. One-colour doesn't just mean black. Nah. You can use green, blue, or red ink if you think it suits. Okay, yeah. And finally, they, uh, the zine must be unbound, mm-hmm. folded, stapled, or saddle stitched. So you can't have a hardcover zine or a perfect bound zine, which makes sense. Oh, well, yeah, that. I mean, they're just defining what a zine is. <laughs> no, no, that's what's, uh, I guess, maybe in a compilation or something. But yeah, basically, it's something, something much like a, like an actual comic book. Mm. Not, not a graphic novel, but the actual, you go to the thing and there's like a comic book. Yeah. But like less colourful. I think. So they've set up a little portal there. Yeah, yeah. Some examples of zines. Oh, nice. Uh, some resources and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, buttons to start your project and start your zine. It says, you know, you can't launch your project until February the 1st. Right. If you want to participate in this. No, no. But yeah, that's really interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's... So they said why they're doing it or... They're, they're, they're doing it because because reasons. <laughs> oh. Let's see what they say. Uh, so they say, um, emerging in the early 70s, RPG zines were hugely influential mm-hmm. in the early days of role-playing fandom. Yep. Uh, Kickstarter was inviting creators to launch their own RPG-inspired zine products, blah, 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 a celebration of these influential documents. Right. There you go. So in the absence of any further information, we, can, we are forced to assume... The, the people at Kickstarter are massive geeks. Well, Tabletop really Games is a, is a... What didn't we mention in a previous um, episode that had something like 30% of Kickstarter's total... What? Are RPG-related? Uh, no, Tabletop Games. Oh, Tabletop Games. Oh, yeah, like board games and stuff. Yeah. 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 But, you know, that's big compared to all the you know video games mm. and inventions and gadgets and electronic things and clothing and bicycles and all that sort of stuff. That's yeah. On there. I mean, to be fair, this... Actually, it's the sort of thing I would back on the Kickstarter because I I will back comics mm. because they I I did I, I used to do a lot of Kickstarters. Sorry if I digress slightly. I did a lot of Kickstarters, mm. and then somebody was complaining about how they never got a value. Yeah, and being the contrary and obstructionate and aggro man that I am, I thought, well, oh, I thought all my stuff had gone very well, so I went and did some science and looked at all the facts and figures and. I backed a lot of RPGs on Kickstarter, mm-hmm. not being great value for me. A couple of computer games, much better value for me. But the things, uh, but comics and this sort of print media mm. has actually been my absolute best value for money because it's been cheaper. Yeah. And I've gone back and read them again and again. So, yeah. So um, RPG zines, uh, that, yeah, that could be really amazing. So uh, Darwin Bromley. Oh, yeah. Sure. He was the uh, founder of Mayfair Games. Passed oh. away on New Year's Day. Oh. Um, so uh, he started with his game Empire Builder in 1980. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he uh, published the Rollades line of RPG products, mm-hmm. uh, the DC Heroes RPG. Okay. Um, he produced a bunch of unlicensed D&D supplements back oh. in the 90s. Okay. TSR sued him. Oh. Because he was a lawyer, he beat them. <laughs> <laughs> and continued doing it. Because <laughs> oh. oh. he knew exactly what he was doing, presumably, and... Yeah. Knew exactly how to produce a compatible product without infringing. Oh, dear me. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, um, you know, he's uh, Mayfair Games is obviously sort of uh, a big sort of board games uh, company. Yeah. He died at the age of 68. Oh, that's very young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, obviously, our sympathies go out to his family. Yeah. Mm. Oh, influential man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Steve Jackson Games has announced they're launching their own convention. Oh, okay. Um, it will be take place in Austin, Texas. I'm listening. April sixth to the seventh, mm-hmm. uh, and it's called. How would you pronounce that word? <laughs> Nord. <laughs> Nordcon. Nordcon. Nord. Like a fjord, but Nordia. Yes. <laughs> uh, the venue hasn't yet been announced, although apparently one has been secured. And the full guest list has not as yet been announced either. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, uh, Starfinder Critical Hit Deck. Oh, yes, yes. Um, came out a few weeks ago, but uh, yeah. uh, managed to get hold of some pictures of some of the cards. Ooh. Um, oh, again, yeah, I've, yeah. Not, I've not really played Starfinder, so I wasn't really sure exactly how the cards would resemble the uh, Pathfinder versions. Yeah. Which has sort of different things for slashing bludgeoning mm-hmm. and piercing and uh, magical damage. Yeah, well, they've clearly got the same sort of, like, breakdown by sim- by, t- by damage type there, don't they? Yeah, so we've got surprise opening. Crit effect, the target provokes attacks of opportunity from all threatening opponents. Ooh, nasty. Or shock and awe, bonus effect, the target is staggered for one round. Amazing. Yeah, so um, Starfinder Critical Hit Deck is now out there. Mm. Nice blue and red theme. So Michael Stackpole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he has resigned from Gamma, and we have talked about Gamma more than once on this podcast. The Game Manufacturers Association. Yes, because not ha- not unlike White Wolf, it's right. had a bad, bad year. Uh, well, indeed. Not as bad as White Wolf's year, to be fair, but they didn't still provoke, not a good year. They didn't provoke an international incident. They didn't. Yeah, but we're, it's a bit like Trump and Brexit, when you've got this sort of situation, and the only thing that's stopping you from being the number one most embarrassing thing in the role-playing game industry is someone else doing something so terribly, terribly wrong. Mm. You have to ask what's going on. So he uh, wrote to the uh, Gamma board, yes. but it was like an open letter. He posted it um, publicly. It, it was a lengthy open letter. It's a long letter. I've got it here, yes. and I'm not going to obviously read it out. Um, but he talks about his history, uh, how he started working at Flying yeah. Buffalo back in the, uh, in, in the 70s and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, how he's been with the uh, Gamma board mm-hmm. for... God goodness knows how many years. Yeah. He's tendered his resignec- resignation. Mm-hmm. Resignation. I thought you said I was one of the common words. <laughs> resignation. Yeah, resignation. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, resignation. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he says, I've not reached this decision based on any political divide no. within the board. I've come to it because the board is broken. Strong words. So he talks a bit about how it took the board 45 minutes to word a simple resolution to empower a committee to hire a lawyer. Uh, That's harsh, but it, it, it's, it's a committee, man. They, yeah. they take a long time. It, to it, it talks about the organisation's membership indicating its will mm-hmm. and the board commissioning a poll to second-guess the membership's will. And then hiring a lawyer to tell them how they could ignore the yes. results of the poll. 
Yeah, that that, uh, that that bit was unfortunate. And of course, the sort of harassment issue that took place last year when... Um, is, is that something we can comment on? Well, like we have. The, well, we have. <laughs> but we, 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 didn't, we, we commented that a camera director was, uh, was it censored? Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just read what Michael Stackpot said. Okay, you do that. <laughs> then we're not saying anything, are we? Uh, he says, The board is broken when it, having previously enjoyed robust and detailed discussions about gamma harassment policies, down to the minutiae of the structuring of an investigative team to be in place at our shows, chooses only to censure an officer who physically assaulted a female security guard. Uh, and finally, he brings up the, um, the board was talking behind his back in an email but um, they, they accidentally CC'd him in on the chain. Oh dear. <laughs> How very awkward. Which I suspect, <laughs> I suspect was the straw that broke the camel's back, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, people were talking smack about me and then copied me in on the email. Yeah. Uh, there, oh, there was one. I keep, I, keep, I keep seeing a name whiz past. I'm sort of oh, really sorry. interested in that. What was that? Uh, down a bit more. It says Chupacabra. On it. All right. Yeah. So yeah. you know, uh, 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 you know, every week uh, Mike Miner puts uh, epic monster or mythological feature. Up. Oh, okay. So uh, today's one just went up this morning. Okay. Was the chupacabra and chupacabra, the goat yeah. sucker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The eater of goats and terror in the night. Bum bum bum. Yeah, he's uh, created it as a a large CR thirteen creature. Oh, tanky, tanky. Yeah. I think yeah. it's larger than I would have gone for, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it eats goats. Yeah. Like, or sucks them or whatever. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to say about people who, s- people who suck goats. <laughs> they are chupacabras. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much in the name, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do yeah. enjoy that column. I do ah. enjoy that column. So there was one other thing. There was mm-hmm. the whole Bill Webb at GaryCon thing. I haven't got it in front of me, so I'm just going to go off my memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So GaryCon is an OSR convention. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously named after Gary Gygax. Yeah, yeah. And run, I'm fairly sure, by one of his sons, I think by Luke Gygax. Okay, yeah. I'm not 100% sure I've never been no, there. No, 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 no. But I know that they all go there and, you know, you yeah. get a bit, quite a big OSR crowd there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Bill Webb of uh, Fogob Games. Yeah. There was some trouble with him uh, sexually harassing someone at, Pazocon last year. Yeah. Or was it the year before? Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember which. I'm, going, I'm totally going off memory here. It's not in front of me. Uh, so uh, he also admitted to it. Yeah. And oh, apologised. Okay. So, well, you know, it's not... That's something else. not hear say this. This is a, a thing that definitely yeah. happened. Uh-huh. Uh, and then um, GaryCon invited him as a guest of honour. Okay. And of course, some people kicked up a stink about that. Yeah. Understandably so. Yeah, yeah. You know, why are you inviting an admitted... Harasser. Harasser. Yeah. To be the guest of honour yes. at this convention. Yes. I, I now don't feel safe going to it. I, and also you It does seem to be sending a message. Yeah. Intentional, I, I I hope, but mm. yeah. So Bill Webb steps down. Okay. He, he sort of uh, said, right, I'm gonna, in the light of this, I'm not going to attend Gary Connor's guest of honour. Okay. His actions have had consequences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Notably, Gary Connor didn't remove him. No, no, he, so, he volunteered to. Yeah. And then after that, Gary Kahn uh, posted an announcement saying uh, Bill Webb has stepped down, so all good. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's 
late last year, I think this mm-hmm. was late December. I think this was all happening. There was a there was a whole petition to boycott Gary Con and oh, all sorts yeah. of stuff going on. Right, there was uh, it properly blew up. Yeah, for, for about two or three weeks. Right. I mean, still, still going on a little bit. No, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, people came up on in arms on both sides. Of course, yeah. People, as, as always happens with these oh, things. Yes, yes. Um, I, I can I can see that there would be uh, people who have a point of view about it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was that. Oh. Anyway, I think that is the news for the day. I think we finally finished the news. Huzzah! That did take quite a while. Rest, rest. We should totally do another sketch. Unfortunately, we've had the competition... To come to our aid. Oh, cool. We had a new entry. A new entry. Even better than that, we've had two new entries. Wow. I know. Both are from Richard Kirk. Richard, thank you so very much for sending us in these entries. Um, For those of you who haven't been paying attention, yes, I'm talking about you there. Yes, you. Yes. Stop what you're doing there. Pay attention. Him with the glasses. Oh, yes. Oh, don't like him. Shifty. Shifty eyes. Yeah. Um, Sitting in the chair. Him. Oh, yeah. you, you there, sitting in the chair with the glasses. Yeah, pay attention. This is important. If you'd like us to read, and by read, I mean perform, your sketch on our podcast, then send it to Morris, that's M-O-R-R-U-S, podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Fantastic. I've even gotten the email address right, which I think you'll find as a podcast first. Nice. Um, then... Obviously, the rules are you have to have no more than two people. We can probably get up to three if we can. But there's only a limited number of silly voices that myself and Russ are capable of. <laughs> <laughs> and not too long either. We're looking for about one side of A4 in a reasonable type. And you can probably get away with less. Aha! A gnarled, weary old man in dirty robes sat alone at the table. Classic NPC quest giver. I'll just take a seat here, methinks. What did you just call me? What? Did you just call me gnarled and weary? That doesn't matter. I'm not here to make friends. I just want your quest. These robes aren't dirty. Who cares? Quest, please. You sat in my wife's seat, you know. She needs rescuing? Rescuing? Yes, your wife. Kidnapped by mysterious forces who'll turn out to be some demonic cult, I suppose. By the gods, I love murdering demonic cultists. Oh, she's just ordering some food at the bar. Oh. She'll be back in a minute. So, you don't have a quest for me? No. Not even a quick cultist to murder? Absolutely not. Some of my best friends are cultists. I see. Now, can you clear off? My wife is coming back. But I need some sort of a quest. How else will I know what to do next? All right, all right, you got me. I do have a quest for you. You do? Yes, yeah, a quest only the most worthy adventurer could complete. Oh, great. Uh, far, far beyond the northern mountains. Yes? In the farthest reaches of the wildlands is a hidden city. In the centre of this hidden city is a glass castle a thousand miles tall, guarded by invisible warriors. Invisible? You must defeat these invisible warriors in sacred combat and steal the golden scepter of... uh, of, uh, You're making this up to get rid of me, aren't you? How can you tell? Thank you for your time. Bloody adventurers.
Thank you so much to Richard Kirk for sending that one in. And as we said earlier, um, please do send in your sketches to morrispodcast at gmail.com and we will attempt to perform them on air for you. I can't promise we'll be good, but we'll give it a go. Absolutely. And what more can you ask for? Your work performed here. Hey, do you know what time it is? (gasps) What time is it? It's time to play our favourite game in all the world. Wait, Twilight Imperium 4th edition? Huh? No. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, you mean, you mean, guess the name of the kicks, guess what the kicks asked about from just the name alone? Yes. Yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. Better. The game where I give you the name of the Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. And then I give you a score based on a highly accurate, highly scientific and highly detailed scoring system. Does this, does this mean I should... Stop bringing my copy of Twilight Imperium over. Yes. Oh. I've told you. Okay. (laughs) Sir Peter of Coffee, are you ready for your first Kickstarter? I. That means yes. I see. (laughs) Okay, then. Um, So, first one. Yes. We will go with the streets of Avalon. Ooh. Well, obviously, Avalon is King Arthur's court. Um... No, that was Camelot. <laughs> so what's Avalon? Avalon. Avalon. Didn't Avalon refer to Britain or something? No. No, I don't think so. Hmm. Camelot. Avalon. Lady of Avalon. No, but it's definitely our Fury related. Hmm. Here I am not knowing what Avalon is. Shocking. Um, okay, so. A uh, legendary that... island featured in the Arthurian legend. There we go. Ah. Right. Okay. Anyway, that aside. We digress. Okay, so uh, we've got, it's definitely going to be, I think, so Arthurian legend, but it's in the streets of, which is uh, a more American twist, which implies some sort of, um, looking for the right word here, sort of a grittier, uh, more steelpunk sort of take on it. So we've got a mix of, so it sounds to me like a um, probably some sort of storytelling RPG combining strong Arthurian themes, but a more modern setting. Hmm. Right. So uh, storytelling RPG, uh-huh. you get minus 10 points for that. Okay. Arthurian themes, you get minus 20 points for that. So okay. minus 30. Right. What, what did you say after that? And it's more modern and... Modern. So another minus 20 points for that. So you're now at minus 50. Okay. And it was sort of steelpunk. And another 100 points off for that. So minus 150 points. For oh, okay. Miles, miles. It's none of those things. Okay. So what is, so let, let, let's see if the name's any good whatsoever. So it's a, me. it's a mega city called Avalon for right. Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Okay. It's a massive fantasy city. Which holds adventure, intrigue, and darkness. It's a gazetteer of the city, covering the people who live there, mm-hmm. the areas of the huge city, economy, festivals, religions, guilds, noble, and so on, so on, so on. Right. Uh, GMing advice on how to make the city of Avalon come to life. Number of different adventure types. Mm-hmm. Um, lots and lots of flavour, art, letters, quotes, and sidebars. It's a 110 to 130 page book, black and white interior art. And it's called On the Streets of Avalon. And it's called On the Street. No, just it's called the, the Streets, streets of, of Avalon. Avalon. Yes. Okay. Is uh, 
is that a previous RPG property of which I'm unaware? No. Okay, so they just taken the name Avalon and decided to remove it from any Arthurian context, even though that's basically what the word... Oh, no, that's fine. Anyway, I'm, I'm sure that sounds very interesting. You know names do get reused. They do, but I don't have to like it. And names, <laughs> are, important. names are important, Russ. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So that's minus 150 points. Marvellous, marvellous. Next. Yes. Dragon Scales. Go on. That's what it's called. Dragon Scales. Um, there's not a lot to go on there. Um, so Dragon Scales. My, my first instinct is to think it might be like a stuff Kickstarter rather than a setting or anything like that. Although, like, I guess, but you can buy like Dragon Scale looking stuff elsewhere so um dragon scales yeah like um a stuff kickstarter so you can buy something that looks like dragon scales for your home or garden or whatever i don't know dear yeah let's minus another 100 points okay you're now at minus 250 points okay oh dear oh dear oh dear but that's this okay could be another black hole this week no it's, I'm, I'm plus 500 because obviously if i've got 43% out of 1,000, then I'm doing really well. Well, that depends on whether or not Daryl actually includes that one, given the fact that it finished. In which case, mm. that comment won't make any sense whatsoever because it's been cut out of the podcast. Have you no respect for the structure of reality? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one is... Yes. Uh, it's a, a rune-based game of chance for use in any role-playing game system. You okay. play with six handmade runes that are cast across your favourite tavern table... You place your wager, the runes are cast and recast until one remains face up or all blank. They look like that. You can see they're kind of like round tokens with runes on them. Oh, so where does the scale come from? That's just the name of the game. The okay. game's called... It's a, sure. So we've got sort of fantasy Yahtzee. Yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I suppose fantasy Yahtzee wouldn't do nearly as well as a Kickstarter name. <laughs> quite a dragon scales, there are people who buy everything because it says dragon. Exactly. Marvellous. Marvellous, yeah. marvellous. Yeah, marvelous. yeah. yeah. Okay. okay then. Uh, I like the sound of this one. Gauntlets and gaslight. And whatever you did before no longer applies. Very well. Gauntlets and gaslight. Ooh. Yes. That is really interesting. So the gaslight makes me immediately think uh, a, Vic- a Victoriana setting. And gauntlets very much implies to me some sort of uh, mailed fist. Uh, doohickey so I'm and obviously if it's gaslight it would be at night so a pseudo Victorian medieval horror mix can't even think what that would be in Um, maybe it's a and why not it's a fifth ed supplement as well for all your uh, pseudo Victorian medieval night horror needs (laughs) Uh, got gauntlets and um, gaslights have you covered so you were racing towards the cliff edge, but you managed to fall back just at the <laughs> last minute. You know, just clinging on to the cliff edge with one hand, but you have not gone over the edge. Yeah, You have scored four points out of ten there. Yeah, Not too bad at all. Uh, so how did you phrase it? Uh, Pseudo-Victorian yeah, medieval, medieval horror. horror. Yeah. Okay, they called it gothic horror steampunk, which I think is saying much the same thing. Yeah. I didn't, did I say steampunk? I didn't say steampunk. Oh, in that case, you only get three no. points then. Okay. You just talked yourself out of a point. What can I say? I'm an honest man. <laughs> it is for 5th edition. Yes. And for Pathfinder. Yes. Uh, it's a source book. 
Yes. Bestiary rules and other resources. Mm-hmm. Okay. Actually, that's quite interesting. Pardon mm. um, <coughs> me. The pro- this project provides a wealth of gothic horror steampunk, aka flesh punk rules. Um, three books. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So there's three books. Um, the first one is called Gauntlets and Gaslight, which has weapons, armors, items, machinery, tools, vehicles, monsters, characters, spells, classes, factions, and more. Okay. Then there's the Incarnate of Aquilae Bestiary. Lots of golem elemental constructs, each the physical embodiment of an abstract concept. Incarnate of Aquilae. Yeah. Hmm. And finally, we have Artifacts and Artifice Incarnate, which is dozens of mad scientist-style steampunk artifacts. Oh, intriguing. Right. Well, that sounds like that would be very interesting. That looks fun, yeah. Yeah. You wanted atmospheric? I think that one's atmospheric. Uh, I want evocative, but I'll take atmospheric. Absolutely. Okay. One more. Very well, well then. So you were at minus 250. You just scored three points back. So you're now mm-hmm. at minus 247. This is a very, very fair scoring system. With your last one, can you can okay. you at least get us back so, to so, zero? So, so we're omitting the one that I did well on because you chose the column from last week. Okay. That seems fair. <laughs> Let's do it. Go on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chronicle Cards. Hmm. I think you'll get this one. Well, I'm hoping it's cards, because otherwise that would be very <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's very misleading otherwise. I, I, I would be disappointed if it was something other than cards. Uh, Chronicle Cards, so it sounds like a sort of a deck of cards that will let you tell a story in some fashion. The use of the word Chronicle does make me think vampire, but I think that might be a bit of a red herring. Uh, yeah, so... Decks of cards that have sort of random things that you can piece together, like beginning, middle, and ends. Maybe throwing some twists in there, plot points and reveals, locations, all that sort of jazz. Really good. I'm going to give you 246 points for that. Fantastic. Which brings you to a final total of minus one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Um, so it's quite forty three percent. So Chronicle cards, um, they're a universal yes. thing. So for any fantasy RPG, mm-hmm. they uh, enable you to create new characters, creatures, events, or items in seconds. Yes, well, that sounds good. Hmm. Um, so was that fifth edition? Was it or uh, generic? Any fantasy oh, RPG yeah. system? Nice. Any generic? Okay. Well, so, then. so I think what we should do next week is we should swap ends and <laughs> I should ask you about Kickstarter. Yours. <laughs> There's one other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah, yeah. At Quickstarters. Oh, yes. Our good friend Egg Embry, who writes the Kickstarter column for us, he took over from Angus next, last year. Ah, Egg Embry, is there anything that man can't do? Mm. Uh, so he's written an article about Quickstarting. So Quickstarting has become more popular over the last year or two. Mm. Uh, and essentially, I mean, what is it? It's a, it's like a it's a tiny quick starter. So you use Kickstarter, or like, when you know, say tiny, do you mean it's like got low financial goals, or what are you trying to say? It's got both low goals and yes. a short pe- funding period. Oh, how short? Uh, it can it can vary. Yeah. Um, so typically, you might be talking a week, maybe two weeks, but that starts to get a bit longer. Then, oh, but really? You're talking little micro Kickstarters. Okay, so seven to fourteen days potentially. Yeah, yeah. In order to raise projects, but for a lower goal. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, so, I remember you said many times you wish you could only do the first and last week of the Kickstarter because yeah. that's when the money comes yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, he kind of listed a few sort of um, um, that are out at the moment. Um, 
uh, Phil Reed from um, Steve Jackson Games and uh, Zach Glazer from Frog God Games. Mm-hmm. Also, John Ford of RoleplayingTips.com and also Jim Pinto from Postworld Games. Uh, all currently, at this moment, running uh, Quick Starters. Nice. Uh, for example, uh, John Ford's one is the Demon Plague uh, 5e campaign. Ooh. And the uh, it's a 14-day Kickstarter. Wow. Uh, and uh, it's, it's done really well. So far, he's got uh, 1,002 backers on it. He's made 42,000 um, Canadian dollars. Crikey. Uh, Phil Reed has uh, done some fantasy trip adventures for Steve Jackson Games. Oh, okay. uh, this is a 12-day one. He's mm-hmm. got uh, 800 backers on the thing so far. Wow. Uh, Zach Glazer um, did a, a, an adventure for uh, called Menace in Ravenreach. Nice. Uh, by Frog God Games. This is a 10-day one. <coughs> it's got 130 um, backers. That one's being run on Indiegogo. Right. Yeah. Rather than Kickstarter itself. Uh, has, that, has that made its goal? Or? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's made its goal. Yeah. And finally, Jim Pinto's Blood Wraith. A Fantasy World of Survival and Torment, a 15-day one, has got 381 backers so far. So all of these tend to be around two weeks here rather than the one week. Yeah. But But I have seen them them as short as one week. Okay. Um, So I just think it's quite interesting these things are becoming more and more common. Yeah. So they're doing like four figures or so, but just for the micro-project. Yeah. Maybe 30 days. So you're not spending an entire month. Mm. marketing this Kickstarter because it does take an awful lot of time and a lot of, a lot of work to do that full time for a month yeah a lot of responses need writing you need yeah. to be really in touch with your backers so what people are thinking of trying is rather than a couple of big Kickstarters a year mm. do sequential little ones okay and see so if you can sort of make that work instead more modest ambitions but a quicker time scale for turnaround yeah and the focus is not so much on stretch goals, mm. which has been a actual something of an Achilles heel for the bigger some of the bigger Kickstarters, mm. uh, because they've just tried to keep on stretching. But in this case, they're just like focusing. Yeah. So these are more focused quick laser like focus. Yeah. Ah, yes, I can see. I can see the reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so hopefully everyone should be able to. Get their work done quicker and get your product to you yeah. sooner. Well, it's interesting that, mm. um, generally speaking, you get a, a Kickstarter that's normally like 30 days. Mm-hmm. If, you go, if you go and make it 60 days or so, statistically, just looking at the stats, mm-hmm. they don't really do any better. Oh, really? You get 60-day Kickstarters? You can get as long as you want. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah Kickstarter just asks you when you want it to end. Oh. I think may, maybe they do have a maximum on their season. Yeah, but, no. yeah, but um, I just assumed it was 30 days. No, a bit no, out. no you, no. Choose, you choose the start and end date of it. The conventional wisdom is sort of, you know, one month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people are experimenting with different time periods to see what effect that has. Right. <laughs> Today I have learned a new thing. Yeah. It's interesting because in a week you've got less time to get the word out. That's true. But then on the other hand, you should be pre-trailing your Kickstarter for quite that, some that's time. That's also true, yeah. Yeah. And all the people who are keen sign up in a week and all the people who are less keen miss out, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I yeah. guess. Good to know. Anyway, I think that's probably it. Yeah, that sounds very exciting. Um, well, I think we should uh, return and revisit Quickstarters at some point later in the year, perhaps. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've got a lot planned for this year coming up. We've got uh, Sarah Newton coming on soon, probably. Oh, Mind Jammer Lady. Yeah, February very nice. the 18th, I think she said. <gasps> Ooh, well, fingers crossed. She's fun. I like Sarah of. a lot. Yeah. There's a whole lot of interesting and exciting entertainment planned for this year. And maybe 
we can do some more in-depth research into the game industry. If you'd like to hear about something on this Kickstarter, obviously RPG related, please write to us at morrispodcast at gmail.com and we'll uh, give it a look over and see if we can do it. Yeah. The thing we want to mention is, of course, our Patreon. Oh, yes, the Patreon. We have 16 wonderful backers. You guys are amazing. Yes, you are absolutely fantastic. You are the best looking people I've ever seen in my entire life. And he's not just saying that. You all smell really good too. He's just saying that, (laughs) I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, what what it is, is uh, we we do need uh, funding to keep the podcast going. Uh, It does help with paying Daryl, our amazing and skillful editor. And also it allows us to experiment with things like um, getting video equipment to do a recording. Uh, I think that's yes, because what we do want to start doing for the patrons is yeah. doing occasional video sessions. Yes, uh, which we have never done before. No, uh, we don't know whether it will work or not, but we're certainly willing to try it and see if people like it. New ground. What yeah. could possibly go wrong? The other, the other thing is, as Peter mentioned earlier in the podcast, is we want to um, connect up the Patreon to Discord. Yes. And perhaps run some online games for our patron. I, I'd be super excited to do that. Possibly, that sounds possibly like our one-page adventures or something like that. I think that's a brilliant plan. Or maybe, you know, I could use that also to do some demos of some of the stuff that I've... Ah, more in something the uh, creative genius that is yourself. That, that sounds amazing. Yeah. We... Definitely. Like. So, there's, if there's anything, in fact, that you'd like to see or hear, then please do let us know. Yeah. So, please head over to uh, patreon.com forward slash Morris. That's M O W R U S. Yep. And please do do sort of back us on the Patreon because every dollar helps. Absolutely. And we really, really want to do some really awesome stuff this year. We're not too proud to beg for your money. Please, please help us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have to. But even just a cup of coffee a m- cost of a cup of coffee a month. Uh, would be a fantastic boom. Lovely. Yeah. Anyway, but it doesn't matter, even if you're not able at this time to help us out, we do appreciate that January is a hard month for many people. But if you can't do that, instead, head on over to iTunes yes. and give us a five-star review. That's an amazing thing you can do. Does too. it have to be a five-star review? Yes. Why is that? Because of the weird way uh, iTunes algorithms work. Oh, okay. Basically, only five-star reviews are going to help you. So it's basically just like Netflix, where it's either thumbs up is five star and anything else yeah. is, as far as iTunes is concerned, a thumbs down. Yes. Well, exactly. that, that'd be cool. Um, uh, and basically the way our iTunes calculates its sort of uh, notable charts and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff is based on how many five star reviews you've got. Absolutely. So like, if you loved our podcast, tell your friends, get them all listening. And if you hated it, tell no one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, are we I think we're pretty much wrapped up for today yeah I think yeah. we are so um, it'll be goodbye from me Peter Coffee Southampton Hills Role Players and it's goodbye from me Russ goodbye goodbye <laughs> see you next week well that was quite simply the worst podcast I have ever had the misfortune to listen to Somebody will need to be punished, but I can't decide whether to use the thumbscrews on them, on their disgusting hands, or if I should simply throw one of them in the moat.